Hey, everybody, and welcome to this edition of No Filter Sports Podcast. Your host, Bob Page, is here. My teenage hero, Denny McLean, is here. Major League Baseball's last 30-game winner and the new star of our show, some of you think it's becoming the Brandon McAfee show. Yeah, right. And you thought, and you thought, you thought this young guy was just some kind of engineer flunky for us, producer for us? Nonsense. He's almost stolen our thunder, all Denny. All right, all right. Almost stolen our thunder. Now we got the goat versus the kid. That's the thundering headlines being being talked about across the country this morning with respect to the Super Bowl coming up. But I, I, I kind of wonder about that because Denny, you have already said. The goat being Tom Brady, supposedly the kid being Patrick Mahomes. Then you've already said that Patrick Mahomes is actually the goat. You've said that right on this program, I said that Patrick is, Mahomes is the greatest time, quarterback no. who ever lived. What I said was at this point in time, he is the best quarterback I have ever seen. Now we have to sit back and enjoy what he does because he does it all. And he, he knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy and he's got great feet. I mean, the, one of the first things I look at when a guy is any sport are feet. And if those feet are moving like a little duck, then there's going to be probably a pretty good player. Now, I was just curious about some of this difference. stuff. I, I, I think when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to college football, I plead guilty. I see every Michigan and Michigan State mm -hmm. game, which means I don't see a lot of other college football games. Yeah. So I, despite the fact that he really did have a good career at Texas Tech, I wasn't that familiar with Patrick Mahomes coming out in the NFL draft. Nobody was. And that's not true because he was taken 10th overall in 2017 by Kansas City. Denny, another quarterback, went number two overall in that very same draft who mm -hmm. was that quarterback what team did he go to the bears <laughs> mitchell trubisky taken by your beloved chicago bears why do you have to swear at me like that yeah i have to bring that up and how about how about cincinnati fans cincinnati with the ninth choice of that draft selected the immortal wide receiver john ross and then Patrick Mahomes was taken by Kansas City. But, there's, you know, there's so much of this stuff that goes on. Just, yeah, I mean, just despite, you know, the, the, the almost scientific way that these draft gurus, Mel Kuyper on down, all the GMs look at this stuff. You saw Daryl uh, Williams in that game for Kansas City. He was undrafted, but he wasn't undrafted out of Bemidji State. He was undrafted out of LSU. How does everybody make a mistake like that? But they do. Well, I don't think it's a mistake. I think everybody. You don't? Their little offices. They, they, they do what they can do for three, four, five, six, seven months, maybe a couple of years. And they come away with that they think is the best thing that they've seen. And, and everybody that, blows it. it well, I, Often. Don't think anybody, I don't think anybody blew it. That this is just how it came down. I mean, listen, all these guys got to have a place to play, Bob. I mean, they all can't play in Kansas City. You know, they, they everybody You're being very kind, Denny. I'm talking about well, every team in the National Football League passed on Daryl Williams. Nine teams passed yeah. on Patrick Mahomes. Right. It, and you know what? It, it is what it is, number one. And number two, somebody saw something that they liked. They didn't. They weren't overwhelming. Listen, 10th is not one. Tenth is not number two, not number three. It's tenth. And they liked him. They thought he had great ability, but now you gotta perfect it. I don't think he played a game in his first year, did he? Check on that. Let's find out how many games he played, because I don't think he played very many if he played at all. But well, I still believe, Danny, that the greatest of all time is former University of Michigan standout Tom Brady. You know oh, that Sunday was the you get first no time. No argument for me. 
Did you know that Sunday was the first time he had played in front of fans this year? Yeah. So we had Tampa at Green Bay. They allowed 8,500 people inside Lambeau. And you know what? It sucked that it wasn't a full house. It sucked that the temperature was only 28. It sucked that there was no snow. It sucked that they now have a, a heated surface heated playing surface man we used to watch those playoff games from green bay when it was five below zero it was so much fun yeah it was a lot of fun as long as you don't have to play in it as long as you don't have to play in it it's a lot of fun (laughs) i guess it is Uh, the other thing too a couple things coming up but this would be the first time ever technically that a home team is in the super bowl we've talked about that yeah, we um, talked about that. They had 22,000 fans. They're going to have 22,000 for the Super Bowl, but 14,5 are going to be sold. The purchase price right now is $11,000 per ticket. How about that for a capture? Well, market, compared huh? to, I, you know, compared to Super Bowls in the past, I mean, a lot of tickets go for big, big, big money like well, that. Well, I'm not they, paying eleven grand. Are you? No, of course not. No, even if I had it, I wouldn't be paying the eleven and, grand. And but in at least this it, game, in this game, you're going to pay it eight dollars. Listen to this. How they break this down is incredible. They break it down to eight dollars and thirty nine cents per second. If the game goes the normal amount of time, that does not include overtime. God forbid they got to play overtime and there's 7,500 tickets going to the nurses and all the support staff uh, around both teams. And they're asking the players to, to think about wearing a double mask. Now uh, they had an announcement this morning. They prefer a double mask now and the bobblehead. Well, the last thing you this. want, Denny, the last thing you want is that to have the Super Bowl get pushed or canceled because somebody, oh, you know, God. there's a COVID outbreak. Yeah, but, but on the other hand, fellas, I mean, the weather on that side of the state is not too much different from where I live. And I'm telling you that here in South Florida, if it's 82 degrees on a football field, I ain't wearing no double mask because I die out there. I'd suffocate. Can you imagine well, that? If the sign says you wear it, you wear it. That's oh, all. Sure. I mean, listen, I've always said science and who's in charge. We do what they want us to do. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Kansas City's got two linemen that are out for the uh, game. Who is who is one of those linemen? Who is right one of those? Linemen? I don't know. I just well, I will tell you who down. one of those linemen is. He Fisher? comes from Rochester, Michigan. He went to Stony Creek High School. He was a two-star recruit coming out. Michigan, Michigan State didn't want him. So Eric Fisher went to Central Michigan and became the number one draft choice overall. The stud left tackle going to the Pro Bowl this year. He injured his Achilles, and that goes to show you. You want to play football? Your career could end on any play, and I hope Eric can come back from this, though he's not going to play in the Super Bowl, as you said. And here's the number that you haven't mentioned. Neither has Brandon. And I'm surprised at this. I told you about what turned out to be my own harebrained scheme to win Uh money betting football years ago. When I would look at the lines on the games, maybe bet a maximum of one or two games, only when I thought there was a flaw in the line, which is very rarely. So when that game, when the games ended yesterday and we do the Super Bowl matchup, I asked myself who's favored and by how many points. And I said to myself that I would favor Kansas city by two and a half line came out turned out to be three so that's the kind of game i wouldn't bet at all because the line's right there do you guys have a pick on the super bowl you wouldn't do a pick em? i mean that's a pick em. i don't think so well, I, th- I don't think so at all i think kansas city should be favored brandon well kansas city's gonna be they are favored well, you say it's a pick em. Brandon, what do you think? I never really make a direct bet when it comes to the Super Bowl. I always either bet on the props, 
the stupid, silly little bets? Well, I'm not asking that question. I'm <laughs> just asking, do you, whom do you think should or be favored I get and by Super how many Bowl points? Super Bowl squares. And yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs should obviously be favored. They're the defending champions. They're looking to be the first team to go back-to-back since the 2003-2004 Patriots. Uh, so yes, obviously... The Patriots should be favored, but I, I don't know the line. I don't know. I'm not going to bet that. I'm going to get Super Bowl squares and hope I hit those. Yeah, you know what? When you start talking about gambling on the props, that's the time that you should take a rest, go have a sandwich, and lay down and get ready for the ball game. No, that's because the best thing the, about it. The props take so much time to do. I mean, if you really work at it, you got to really spend some time doing it. So, but it's a lot of fun. And that's the reason why they put it up there. They know we're all going to try to do something silly. A lot of fun watching Brady, too. Tampa was already up 7 nothing on a Brady to Mike Evans touchdown pass Sunday in the first quarter when Fox posted a very interesting graphic. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, two immortals in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers. All three of those great Green Bay Packer quarterbacks total four Super Bowl wins combined. Tom Brady, six by himself. And when Brady caught Green Bay sound asleep on the last play of the first half. Brady goes for the deep shot. He's got a touchdown. Scotty Miller. Oh, my God. Scotty Miller got behind the defense and for 39 yards gets the touchdown and what a half oh. by Tom Brady. You see, this is what gets me here. This is seriously, this is what gets me is you have Tom Brady who finally gets himself a receiving core. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Rob Gronkowski. He's got Antonio Brown, even though he did not play in this game. And what happens? You throw it to the five foot nine Scotty Miller out of Bowling Green, the 170 pounder. He's the one who makes this miraculous catch and this huge play right before the half. That's Tom Brady being Tom Brady. He just finds that's also receivers. that's also Green Bay thinking what you were thinking. How the hell? How the hell does anybody get behind the defense on that play? And you know they went on from there. First possession of the third quarter. Green Bay wideout Aaron Jones. He caught a pass and fumbled. Tampa recovered at the Packers' eight after a run back. Next play, Brady hit Cameron Brait for a touchdown, made it 28-10. It was 28-23 going into the fourth. And you can say whatever you want about whatever happened after that. Controversial decision by Matt LaFleur to kick a field goal. They're talking about that with two minutes left on fourth and eight. But the fact of the matter is that that halftime touchdown pass put Tampa up and Green Bay never really was able to overcome that. It's yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever seen. One of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah, I just I can't believe they they run that one play so much off a tackle, off a tackle, off a tackle, especially in the second or third down. And according to the football players out there, they think that's a throwing throwing yardage, especially when you got seven or eight yards to go. And I I don't get it because Mahomes can do anything he wants. Mahomes can, Brady can. I mean, they all do the great things with a football. It's it's just fun to watch all four of them. It really is. Yeah, but that, as I say, that was utterly inexcusable. And apparently Brady was the guy who saw that and who called the play. At least sure. that's what the Tampa sidelines were, were, were saying later on. So after that, we saw Buffalo at Kansas City. And again, boys, I asked the rhetorical question. 17,000, they announced that that came. How come all the disparity among the various uh, NFL stadia with respect to how many fans are allowed in 
to see the game. I, I just don't get that. I think there's some teams that even have allowed to have less. I don't think anybody's more than 22,000. I think there's some guys in there at 15, 16,000 too. Yeah. So anyway, did, did you see after a returner McCall Hardman muffed that punt at his own three and yeah. the Bills scored in the next play, missed the extra point to lead nine, nothing. Did you guys think that Buffalo had a chance to win that game? Cause I didn't No, I didn't either. Well, those 21 straight points really. Yeah. I was fooled. You know, I thought that Patrick Mahomes was a little banged up. I thought he had turf toe. I thought that we didn't know he was going to play until, you know, a few games prior, a few days prior, excuse me. But I was kind of convinced that he was just a little banged up and that because Buffalo was so hot, they were going to run this game. They were going to find too. a way to win. And unfortunately, Denny's right. Denny's what? Patrick right. Mahomes He's does right. things that no other quarterback does. He's able to use his feet, but you also see that arm strength. He threads the needle. Mm. He finds a way. He's, he, he is so much of a better passer than people even think he is, and they already yeah. know he is. So There are plenty of quarterbacks, Brandon and Denny, who do that. There's Josh not Allen plenty of Patrick one. Mahomes. Josh There's Allen not. was one. The kid in Baltimore is another. There are a lot of quarterbacks now who do that. They can run and mm, they can throw. I don't think Lamar so, Jackson throws like Patrick Mahomes does, unfortunately. Well, no, I agree with that. I understand what you're saying, but, and, and he probably guy, is the best quarterback out there right yeah. now with respect to Tom uh, Brady. This guy's won three huge awards already. Huge, yeah. huge, and two, huge. And, and he's looking for a second straight Super Bowl championship. Yeah, regarding in respect. Because he's going to do it again. To Tom Brady. Right now, he's playing at a way higher level. Tom Brady threw three picks yesterday. Yeah. And if the yeah, Green Bay did. Packers would have scored more than six points right. off those three turnovers, we'd be talking about a different Super Bowl here. So Tom yeah. Brady is not, you know, he's not flawless. He sure isn't. And, and remember, though, at the same time, that while Brady has some help, Mahomes got a lot of help. Travis Kelsey, 13 catches. Well, what a player tied he is. Tied an all-time NFL record for most catches by a tight end in a yeah. playoff game. You like Tyreek Hill at all? Nine oh, yeah. catches for 172 yards. So anyway, uh, it was. Um, I, I thought the game was, you know, I struggled to get through it. Let's put it that way. After watching the Wings game first on national TV, then watching the the uh, the Tampa Bay Green Bay game, and then this, I didn't think it was particularly entertaining. What, a- what was entertaining and interesting was news that was made off the field yesterday, and as a matter of fact, Boy, right here in Michigan, it, did they make some news yesterday? They did. And um, by the way, Brandon, what, a, what I just want to say, what a great time it is to be from Tampa Bay. You got your team going to the World Series. You got your team winning Stanley Cups. You got your team going to the Super Bowl. You got three major teams, and they're all doing great. Meanwhile, in Detroit, we have four major teams that are all dead last. It's just- <laughs> and well, I want to say, let me run one thing by you too. Now, I lived in Tampa for twenty-seven years, and we we saw we were there when they started, and they lost thirty or forty in a row. I mean, it was got it was a celebration every time you went to the game because they weren't going to win for quite some time and And the great comment and the great comment by tampa bay's legendary coach john mckay who was so long at southern california when they were stinking that way denny they couldn't score any points media went to john after one game and said what do you think of your offense's execution (laughs) john mckay deadpanned I'm all for it. <laughs> Execute them. Well, Brandon, it's also a great time. Need I tell you this or remind our listeners? Great time to redo your mortgage if you still have one. And we want to say thank you to Hall Financial for continuing to be a great supporter of this show and all the shows on Drew Lane's Red Shovel Network. We've been telling you 
you know this, that mortgage interest rates now are in the twos, the twos. So call today if this applies to you, and you're going to find out how much refinancing your mortgage with Hall can save you every month. Just go to our website, nofiltersportspodcast.com. You may be listening on there right now. You click the Hall financial link, which you'll see. That'll get you started. Or if you want to, just give them a call. It's such an easy number to remember, 248 308-5000. You're going to find out how quick and easy the haul process is. And when you do, make sure you tell them the No Filter Sports Podcast with Eli Zarrett, now Brandon McAfee, Danny McClain, and Bob Page sent you. You're listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast. So, boys, ESPN broke the story Saturday that Matthew Stafford will not be back with the Detroit Lions. In an arrangement the two sides discussed and mutually agreed upon, the FLs will begin listening to trade offers starting this week. According to reports, and this cannot be surprising, it was Stafford who asked out, and he told Sheila this before the Ford family had hired its latest head coach and embarked on its latest five-year rebuilding program. Then, with Brad Holmes in place as GM and now Dan Campbell as head coach, the plan is to move forward. But with whom? Yeah, and, since with ev- whom? And, and since everybody knows Matthew Stafford wants out and that the FLs are now trying to trade him, it seems logical, doesn't it, that Detroit is not going to get as much in return? Never fear, folks. My peeps tell me that Sheila staged an all-weekend session in the film room evaluating quarterbacks both in pro and college football as she searches for Stafford's replacement. And remember, ISWT, in Sheila we trust. Go ahead, boys. Well, I don't know what to say after that. It, they, um, <laughs> do you trust Sheila and the rest and the Lions know, to make a good decision here, the right decision? Contrary to what we think, she's been around football a long time, but she's never played guard <laughs> or, the, or the end. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, if that's the way they did it, then they've decided on a program. I, I just, I have a tough time when Campbell got up to speak the other day for the first time, I have a tough time with him. I, I said, who is this cowboy? Who is this cowboy? Where's well, come boy? on. He's been, no, around. I'm not, I'm not being disparaging either. Yeah. But I just said, played with the Detroit. Is this guy? Cause it's kind of, kind of, let's see, what is not un, unprofessional that you walk up there and start making jokes before your introduction is done. And some of the other, no, things a lot of were, people like that, Denny, maybe, but, uh, uh-huh. it caught me by surprise. I'll okay. I didn't, I didn't watch cause I don't care. Cause I'm sick of the BS. I'm sick of the nonsense. I'm sick of new guys coming up to the lion's podium and saying, Oh, yeah, it's going to be, I'm with Bob. Now. Like, you know, this, that whole press conference meant absolutely nothing yeah. to me. Cause it was the 18th time I've seen it since I've been a lion's <laughs> fan. So it meant nothing to me. So we'll, we'll just see. What happens in regards to the quarterback situation? I, I personally think you know a lot of people are speculating maybe a trade for a different quarterback. Man, Deshaun Watson wants some. I mean, we'll trade for no, no, no. I, I think they're going to be drafting one. I think since everybody is kind of restarting with Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. You're probably not going to get Justin Fields. But there's you know a pretty good draft class of quarterbacks. There's Zach Wilson out of yeah. BYU, you and get, they're going to start him, Brandon. They're going to start a rookie next year. Well, no. You never know. Well, what are they going to do? 
next year. Are, are you thinking they're going to try to go win the Super Bowl next year? I'm That's just what saying, I'm saying. If they don't Kyle Trask from Florida is available, too. I'm just saying, Mac Jones from Alabama. They'll probably draft one of these guys and then sign somebody like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, okay, certainly, okay, okay. Certainly they're going to sign You have a feeling, guys. Bob, that they're going to be competing for the Super Bowl next year? I, 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 I Then it doesn't I, I'm matter. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a, a, a repeat potentially of Rod Noodles Marinelli. Oh, and 16 if they start a rookie quarterback next year. How will that play in Detroit? And for those people who are still not fans like we've never of this seen it will be gone franchise. You've seen it before. We know how to deal with 0-16 seasons. We'll be okay, yeah, Bob. We don't, we, you know, about halfway through the season, we turn it into a happy time. I mean, yeah. that's all I can tell you. It's, okay. you know, we've been there. We've seen it. We've touched it. We know what it is. And we, ju- we don't go flying off the roof because they lose games. God, they've been losing games for 40 years. But for, uh, you know what I think? For how many I years? I think my man Stafford's going to the Bears. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. What? Now, no here's, way. Uh, that's that's okay. the one place he's to... not going, Denny. Everybody thinks the Washington football trade him team, in the, division. the Indiana Colts, the San Francisco no 49ers, the New England Patriots, and the Denver Broncos, and maybe even the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Those seem to be the front runners. Definitely not no. the Chicago Bears. Okay, now I got questions for both you, you never guys. never know, boys. Denny, I got questions for both of you guys. I want you to listen up because I am going to give you a pop quiz here. Now, Brandon has already thrown out the name of Deshaun Watson, who supposedly is on the trading block in Houston. Yeah, I love him. Here are the other names. Philadelphia apparently is going to decide to move on from Carson Wentz. No. Okay. They say, this is what I want. I want your comments on these names. They say New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Washington might be facing similar situations. I don't know why they include Drew Brees in this because isn't it obvious he's going to retire? He but, retires. You got Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, and you got Alex Smith in Washington. Big Ben and Alex, after Smith's amazing comeback from an injury, they're both on their last legs. At 33, you figure Matthew Stafford is not. So the free agent class is scheduled to include, and I want to know if you like any of these guys. Of course, you'll like Dak Prescott. I'd be shocked if he leaves Dallas. But you also have his backup who played for the Cowboys this year when Dak went out. You've got Andy Dalton. You've got Cam Newton. You've got Denny's boy, Mitchell Trubisky, a free Stop agent. Stop it. You got Jameis Winston. You got Tyrod Taylor. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who proved he can still do it in Miami yeah, last season. You got Jacoby Brissett. You got Colt McCoy. You got Nate Sudfeld. You like any of those names? Just think about my Bears with their defense and my quarterback, Stafford. Boy, we'll, we'll Denny, 16 and 0. He ain't going there. To answer your question, Bob, no, I don't like any of them. But what it shows you is it shows you that they could get one of those guys for one one or two years. And then, like I said, they have, what, the seventh draft pick? They'll be able to pick a quarterback from there, albeit Mac Jones, albeit Kyle Trask. They'll have somebody that they can draft. Well, I'll tell you what. If we have, wouldn't it be amazing, if we have this COVID thing basically licked by the start of the next NFL uh, season with all the shots out there and people getting shots, as Danny has done and Eli has done left and right, if we got it licked and the FLs come out and tell their fans they're going to start a rookie quarterback and just be patient for two more years, I wonder how many people are going to show up and pay to see that franchise that at Ford Field. 60000 Yes, it's, they're going to sell out like they always do. Listen, yeah. the, the six-year contract for Dan Campbell now makes a little bit more sense, doesn't it? 
Now we know that he took this job knowing that Matthew Stafford isn't going to be here, and so he's essentially starting a brand new rebuild. So these first two years, I'm I'm sorry, that this team's going nowhere unless some kind of a crazy miracle happens. Well, you let me know how it comes out, Brandon. Okay, if I don't, just in case I don't see the NFL's box scores in the papers, because this boy ain't going to be watching except on Thanksgiving to laugh at the franchise. You'll watch every single Lions game, and you know it. I Bob, what's what solution do you have? Sell the team. Sell the team. Well, that's something we've always talked about, but apparently she doesn't want to sell it either. It's, it's of a course toy. Not. And they're never going to sell. What are you going to do? And it's the same thing in New York City, my old stomping grounds at Madison Square Garden Network with little cocaine Jimmy Dolan. The Rangers and the Knicks, the Rangers might have a chance with John Davidson running them, but this guy is never going to sell the Rangers and the Knicks and screw you to long-suffering New York Knicks fans. It's, it's very frustrating in professional sports when you have a situation like this. Very frustrating. You appear to be the only guy frustrated. Oh, really? <laughs> Brandon, are you frustrated by the failings of your still beloved Detroit Lions? No, wait a minute. We're talking about New York. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you don't see the New York papers or read the New York fans on Twitter. Oh, no, I do. I Believe read me. Twitter coming out. There, yeah. Okay. Let's um let's Man, move nasty on. Nasty uh, people. Nasty people. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to the uh the next huge story. And it obviously would have been a lead story here, uh, had it not occurred now three days ago and had the NFL games not uh, be been played on Sunday. And this is the death at, at age eighty-six of one of the greatest sports figures who ever lived. I'm talking about Hank. Aaron, as you well know, young Detroit Free Press reporter Evan Petzold messaged me to ask for Denny's phone number on Friday. Of course, I gave it to him. Evan then called Mr. McLean and he wrote a nice piece on Denny's remembrance of Hank Aaron when they were teammates briefly with the Atlanta Braves in 1972. Mr. McLean, the floor is yours. Tell us about Hank Aaron. Well, I wrote a couple things down from memory, and uh, I got to tell you, he was uh, somebody that uh, you wouldn't believe it's how nice he was, how gracious he was. Uh, you know, you never heard him utter a nasty word, uh, the racism words. He never did that. Uh, everybody loved him, the players, the executives, the commissioners, you know, the presidents, They and they're all honoring a man who looked racism right between the eyes and moved on and kept doing what he did best, play baseball. And uh, he is just now, well, in the last 10 years, he became a little controversial because he married a uh, anchor down there in Atlanta, and she has somehow uh, asked him to step out on more uh, issues than what he has in the past, and he's done a good job. He, he just steps in. Hank is Hank. You couldn't get Hank to get mad if you hit him with a two by four. Now, if you hit one of his kids, he's going to, you're going to, you're in trouble, but I'm telling you, Hank is one of the most unique people I've ever met. And let me just say something about his ability. There isn't a pitcher in the world that can get a fastball by him inside. You know, we had 755 home runs. I think it is. And lo and behold, almost every one of them are Middle plate in, and I'm going to tell you when he hits them, they are quick the wrists. Roster, he doesn't hit them very far, by the way. Quick wrists. Did you ever see wrists like that? It never. It doesn't look like a home run swing. Ernie it really Banks. doesn't. He doesn't have that Ernie launch Banks. angle like the kids of today. It's weird. You see Hank Aaron hit a classic home run, and it's almost like he's slapping the ball, but it just travels. So there must yeah. have been a lot yeah. of raw power there. 
He's very uh, strong. Got very, very strong and form. fast. Stolen bases too. You don't see yep. too many. Yeah. He, listen, hey, hey, Danny. He, Danny, he for a, pe- listen. Who, he had a career batting average of three oh five. Yeah. For people who didn't uh, or have not read uh, Evan Petzold's article yet, uh, tell uh, our listening audience the story you told him about when you first came to the Atlanta Braves and what you saw Hank Aaron doing. He was in the outfield, right? You mean with me? Yes, he was in the outfield shagging balls. Yeah, That's what he, you told and he walked him. over and said, hey, I'm Hank. I says, oh, you don't think I know you? And uh, we had talked for about 10, 15 minutes, and uh, I, r- immediately you got the feeling that he was the class act that everybody has always told you about. And he never spoke up. I never heard Hank scream at anybody yell at somebody i've seen him take a player in the corner of the dugout once in a while and sit down and tell him he should have done this the next time we'll work on mm-hmm. that tomorrow so he also he helped time. the kids he helped yeah, the kids on the absolutely team. the guy went out of his way and i i was always surprised although maybe he wouldn't have made the best manager but with all the ed, all of the experience that he had i always thought there was a big place for him in baseball somewhere so now you only played uh that half season with hank aaron but was he the kind of guy because you both were very famous baseball players was he the kind of guy and did you ever go up to hank after a ball game and say hank let's go get a beer tonight did you ever hang out with him no uh -uh. no not at all It, it we had a very divisive club black and white Wow. Um, that's interesting. um, Yeah, we really did. And, uh, that was, it was uncomfortable. I mean, I'm born and raised in Chicago and South side of Chicago. I mean, I didn't know it took me a long time to realize there were black people in this world. And, um, it was just refreshing to have a guy like him come forward and speak about things that needed to be. So he tried to bridge the gap is what you're saying. No Uh question. I remember a long time ago, uh, this is one, uh, one of your nemesis, even though you were teammates on the world champion 1968 Tigers. It was a thrill for me to meet and interview Eddie Matthews. And I remember talking to Matthews about Hank Aaron. And I said, you know, well, you know, Willie Mays, I think most of us consider to be the greatest all around baseball player who ever lived. Aaron, Matthews got pissed. He says, nonsense. He said, he looked at me and he said, he sneered. He said, Mays was a hot dog. Aaron was a much better all around baseball player. And a lot of people think that. So you could almost say, it sounds weird to say it. Hank Aaron was underrated. Oh, I think he was underrated because. We, he never played in a great city that had great, you know, if he'd have played in New York, he'd have been bigger than Babe Ruth eventually. I mean, that's not going to happen overnight in New York, but eventually he would have been the guy that saved the game of baseball at one time. That's how big Hank was. But for some reason, you know, if you, it's like Norm Cash, I always use Cash as an example. Cash was a great player, but because of his reputation for, you know, rocking and rolling at night all the time and doing some crazy things and corked bats. Yeah. Well, cork cork bats don't hurt anybody though. <laughs> they <laughs> they help uh, you though. They help as you. Long as, <laughs> as long as they're using those bats when I'm pitching is fine. And, uh, Hank just, um, you know, he was the man. I, I don't know any other way of saying it. And like I said earlier, a gentleman and a half, I mean, you never have to worry about Hank saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. He absolutely 
loved the game of baseball. I mean, that's, and that was his whole purpose in life to play the game of baseball. He just loved it. Hank Aaron, not the only major name in sports uh, who unfortunately passed away in the yeah. last few days. We're going to get to that in, in just a moment. We had so much ground to cover on this show, folks. We will entertain you and we will inform you. And right now I want to inform you about Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. Let Luke plan for future family obligations and let him plan for your own retirement. Whatever you need in the financial world, he's going to be there for you. His track record of success, all of his experience is going to enable Luke to create a custom solution for you or your business. You want to give Luke a call and he'll talk to you for free. It's a complimentary consultation. There's no obligation. So call him at 248-663-4748. He's going to look at your finances, look at your stock portfolio. Uh, if you feel comfortable with what he tells you, then you let Luke Nowacki do his thing by laying out a plan for you. He's ethical. Again, he's knowledgeable. He's Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. The number again is 248-663-4748. And Luke's services are offered through Royal Alliance Associates. You're listening to the No Filter Sports Podcast. So now after Hank Aaron, the chief is gone too. every day. Now, anybody you ever knew or knew of seems to be dying. We got word on Sunday that hockey lost one of its all time grace with the passing of Leafs icon, George Armstrong at age 90, four Stanley cup titles. And the Leafs haven't won one in a long time, folks. What's it been? How many years has been 52 years, something like that played over 1100 games in the NHL, all with the Leafs between 1949, 50 and 70, 71. He was one of the heroes of my boyhood growing up in Detroit, watching hockey night in Canada from Windsor every Saturday night. It was a thrill for me to meet him when I was a young reporter lost weekend for the wings in chicago the blackhawks hadn't even won a game yet they were 0-3-1 going into friday night but waltz to a 3-1 win anyway before adding an empty netter to make the final 4-1 then sunday afternoon on nbc national tv they completely laid an egg just going down it's a, you know, we're already seeing quotes from guys like dylan larkin the camp of the team saying we gotta show up we gotta fight harder because they don't and also, before each of those games, I don't know if you saw this, the Chicago organization genuflected at the altar of the politically correct because having a team named the Blackhawks is obviously racist. They announced to an empty arena now before every game, I'm quoting what they say, we recently introduced a formal land acknowledgement to open home games and events as part of our commitments to the Native American community and blah, blah, blah. The team will also make greater efforts to educate fans about the legacy of the Blackhawks, now the Sac and Fox tribe. The team will invest in art exhibitions, youth education, all the stuff about Native American communities. Yeesh. It's like there's no end to it, is there? You're Meanwhile, it. it's just well, they're trying to save face. They're tr it's a preventative. Strategy. Is there something wrong with calling the team the Blackhawks? There is in this day and age, Bob. Yeah, I don't know why, is. but everybody listen, listen. We've just seen the Washington football team play an entire season. Now, sure, a lot of people will argue that Redskins is you know offensive, while Blackhawks is just a tribe. Well, we've also seen teams like Eastern Michigan Hurons. We've seen just, you know, we've seen this happen over and Marquette over Marquette Warriors had to change the, their name. The Cleveland Indians. Is there Indians. something wrong with being called a warrior? What I'm saying is, in this day and age, 
There's always going to be people who are going to pop off. And so this is their... And you stand up and you say, screw you. That's not the way the world works anymore for some reason. Everybody gives in. Everybody caves. So this is the Chicago Blackhawks method of trying to be you know, preemptive and try to defend themselves before anything comes their way. And, you know, all it takes is one person in the organization to really piss off the internet crowd. And then before you know it, there's a whole campaign against them, say, calling them racist and stuff like that. Well, this is a way for them to say, no, look what we're doing here. I, I, I think you probably will see similar things with the Kansas city chiefs, with the Atlanta Braves, just, you know, these teams that if given the wrong enemy, the people will try to bring them down and change their name. So we've seen it for years with the Redskins. That was because, you know, a lot of people felt like that's a derogatory term. Uh, but, you know, seeing the Cleveland Indians, you just never know who's next. This is this is their way. This is the management trying to be uh, proactive in a sense. And I just don't think this is just one man's uh, statement. I just don't think the the Indians care a big deal about it. I, it's been going on for what 500 years. I'm with you, Denny. I agree with you. Denny. Yeah. I don't think people pay a lot of attention, but it to just it. takes That's one person other, reason other than it is what it is, but it just takes one native American with yeah, 500,000 right. followers on Twitter to get something started. Unless you have enough guts again, Brandon, just stand up. No, no. Hang on a second. What happened was with, with the Washington Redskins, of course, the chief of one of the tribes over there came forward and he's the one that lit the fire over there. I mean, he's got every he got everybody in a red, ruffle. Red skin, I'm with Brandon on that one. Redskins, all right. I guess me. I, mean, I guess, but come on, the rest. But of I'm the not stuff talking about the term Redskins. I'm just talking about yeah. the hell of a blue that the chief of the yep. tribe, yeah, came in and, yeah. and set uh-huh. the place on fire. I think most of you probably uh, did as I did, and you watched the Wings' disgraceful performance Sunday nationally, coast to coast on NBC. It was Mike Babcock's debut in studio and he got off to a real bad start folks did he bad yes he did babs first of all had to apologize first question he gets had to apologize for what he did in toronto when he violated mitch marner's trust by revealing what mitch thought and babs had asked him for a private critique of his teammates he said i made a mistake i was wrong then liam McHugh asked babs to defend his tough coaching style which alienates so many players in Detroit and with the Leafs. I've been a head coach, I think, 34 years, and 20 guys dress a night, and you have a minimum of 23 on your roster. There's lots of unhappy people. But even the coaches here today, you have 82 times in the NHL you're going to make roster decisions. So you talk to the penalty kill coach, the power play coach, you talk to the general manager, and you make decisions. Guys are unhappy, and they should be unhappy. They want to play. The bottom line, you can't please anyone, everyone. It's not personal. It's personal to them. It's not personal. All you're trying to do is win games, and you make those hard decisions night in, night out to try to win hockey games. Oh, so your paid co-host makes his debut. He's not supposed to be a newsmaker, let alone one who has to apologize, starting with his first appearance. But, Bob, you know, he asked him a question, didn't he? Yeah, he did, but, but, and he had to ask the question. I give him yeah. credit for that. But that's not what you want from a co-host. And remember, Babs is there for one reason. 
He's not going to be Mike Milbury, who I thought was great. The empty suits who run NBC Sports fired him. Denny, you remember we talked about this for daring to say that women can be a distraction to pro athletes. Hmm. They'd already canned Jeremy Roenick, who was great in studio also for saying he wanted to have a threesome with his wife and his attractive (laughs) co-anchor, Catherine Tappan. So the two best guys NBC TV had on hockey canceled by PC gutless empty these suits and the game why even talk about it wings had five guys out with covid protocol anthony mantha had his head up his butt still what is wrong with this kid responsible for two chicago goals and puce Suter, puce Suter, rookie had his first nhl goals for chicago went on and got the hat trick and the weird thing about covid and what's going on with sports now the kid gets the hat trick can you imagine the united center going insane in chicago Sure. No hats on. No hats on the ice, Danny. How do you say there that no guy's? Hats. How do you right. say that guy's there. first name, Bob? Is it is it Pius? I didn't know how you said his first name. Puce. It looks like Pope Pius, but it's pronounced Puce. He's from Switzerland. Puce. P i u s. Right. Cool P-I-U-S, name. Yeah. Puce. Yeah. So anyway, I got to mention this too. I I don't know if you guys saw this. The Chicago Tribune did a great feature on how terrific it is to see these two tremendous historic rivals, Detroit and Chicago, actually in the same division again and playing each other much more often. Our recent guest here on this show, Stu Grimson, was quoted in this article about his 14 fights with Bob Probert. In the 91-92 season, the Hawks went 1-5-2 and two against the Wings in the regular season, but swept them in four games in the division finals. You remember that? Yep. So sometime during games three and four of that series back in Chicago, Grimson goes out. He goes to Denny, do you know this place, Boogie's Diner? It was on Rush Street in Chicago, popular joint. doesn't no, exist anymore. Been, I haven't been to downtown Chicago in years. So the Grim Reaper says, he, so he's there. And he says it was the first time Proby and I had ever met each other off the ice. He goes to the diner, does Grimson, and he hears somebody calling his name, Stu. Hey, Stu. He says, I turn around and 50 feet away from me on the other side of the restaurant, there's Proby with a great big grin on his face. And I'm like, (laughs) what am I supposed to do right now? So he and Proby wind up having an amicable 10-minute conversation where Grimson admits to him, boy, you guys own this in the regular season, just going back, forth, so on and so forth. So they parted his friends, and Grimson says 24 hours later, they're back on the ice, banging away and hammering at each other. That's hockey. That's the enforcer code. Grimson also said, and this goes out to a lot of you people listening to us right now, that when Chicago would play the wings in the playoffs, you bugged those guys. You called them in your hotel rooms, their hotels. Grimson says, you know, wings fans would call us in our hotel rooms during that series, and they'd stay on the phone long enough to say, Stu, Proby's going to get you tonight. Or they'd call up the room of Chicago enforcer Mike Peluso and say, Joey Coaster's going to come get you tonight. <laughs> they finally Bob, got, they finally got wise the, and took the phones off the hook. There's <laughs> one thing the players realize. What's entertainment and what's friendship and what isn't? Yeah. And when they do the thing on the ice, it's entertainment to these guys. It's not because but these are physical the fist fights where guys get I know, hurt. but that's the nature of the game. They like to fight. They like to entertain. They want to sell tickets. Yeah. You know, and you know, the funny thing about it is, Denny, both guys, Proby and the Grim Reaper, played for both teams yeah, at one time right, or another. Right. So as if the punchless wings and they have two games at Dallas coming up this week, would you be surprised if they lost them both Tuesday and Thursday night? No, as but, if the punchless let's, wings. But let's not be precipitous. Let's let's give them some time, some 
you know, they're just all coming together right they now. You can't put the puck in the net, Denny. No, the, no the, offense. The Bob, is, eventually they will. They will one day. The thing is. <laughs> one day. Not this year, though. The thing is, they started off. We talked about it last week. After yep. four games, they at least looked competitive, and they looked yeah. like they had some drive. They had a spark. Yeah. Bobby How'd they Ryan look in Chicago? Lighting. How they look in Chicago then? They get put on show. two nationally televised games and they yep. just blow it. I mean, they they looked so bad, and it it really kind of took away from that excitement that we saw after yeah. the first four games. And unfortunately, I think that this team is just, I guess they're just in the midst of growing pains for what? One, Let me ask two you years? this: How long is it going to take? Let me ask you this: Is it a lack of hustle, or no? Is it, I don't. Well, it Sunday they was. don't know the plays. I'd say talent. Yeah, talent? that's oh, what it really? is, really. I'd say yeah. depth. And now it, yeah, and that's now, a and separate now, situation there. And now, look, if, if the punchless wings don't have enough problems, a huge trade over the weekend has brought Pat, uh, Patrick Lanai from Winnipeg to Columbus, a great goal scorer. Lanai's been unhappy with the Jets, a great two-way player, Pierre-Luc Dubois, had been unhappy playing for John Tortorella in Columbus. Now, Torts can be like Mike Keenan or Mike Babcock. Very tough Torts players, especially him. young guys. He benched him. Oh, yeah. You could see, and you saw the video of him yelling at the kid. So what they did is they just swapped budding young superstars. The Wings must play Columbus, not Winnipeg, six times under the new COVID divisions in the NHL, though the quirky schedule doesn't have the meeting until March. So you and your buddies out there, folks, you can now start a pool to guess how many goals Patrick Lanai will score against the Detroit Red Wings. Here's the big question. How many will you see live? <laughs> it depends how many you want, want to watch. I mean, I, I, their television ratings perhaps are going to be bad. But on the other hand, we keep talking about this. In these nightmarish times, there's nothing else to do. There's nowhere to go. If the wings are on TV, you're not going out to dinner or going to a party. You might as well put the TV on. And well, watch there's the always NCIS New Orleans. Yeah, I guess you could do something like that, right? <laughs> so Friday night, I told you I was really looking forward and hoping against hope it wouldn't be canceled to Michigan's game at Purdue. How much fun is Michigan to watch right now? The Boilers had won four straight coming into that game, but these days it's often about who can play and who can't with COVID. So one of their top guys, Sasha Stepanovich, we learned at tip-off was out with COVID protocol. Matt Panner's game plan, same as everybody's now, you double Hunter Dickinson in the post. So, you know, they can shut him down. But as I said on our last show, so what? UM's other guys, they'll kill you outside. And when Hunter went out early with two fouls, Austin Davis came off the bench for Michigan, and he kicked ass. Held Purdue, Purdue to just 21 points in the first half? As him led 34-21 behind 12 points from Isaiah Livers. How good is that kid? So anyway, Hunter had a lay-in. Livers had a three to open the second half. They're winning at West Lafayette by 18, wire to wire, 70-53 the final. Livers 21 points and 10 rebounds. And listen to this. He actually missed a free throw in the final seconds. Still, since the start of last season, Denny, you play, you're a pretty good basketball player. I think, Brandon, you were too. Isaiah Livers is now 78 of 82 from the free throw line. Oh, my God. 95%. Nobody in the history of basketball has ever shot 95% Ooh, on a career. Man. So, Michigan now, 13-1. and one, And we're excited because they got the makeup game. They're going to play at Penn State Wednesday night. Tweet. Word comes out later on that the yep. University of Michigan has announced 
all sports canceled for the next two weeks over COVID protocol. Michigan, a great team, playing great. You want to play? Shut it down for the next two weeks. You, Unbelievable. You, but th- those are the rules, Bob. I mean, that's everybody's playing is. under Seeing the those same are the rules. rules. Who else is shut down for two weeks in college basketball? Well, I, and it's not just college basketball. Happened. It's all the sports. Well, I know, no, I know, it's just I the know. University of Michigan. I, I, I understand Michigan that, but this. the only ones that are really important right now at Michigan is Michigan basketball. They're or hockey. Yeah, uh-huh. or hockey. And by the way, Brandon, 50 or 60 miles down the road from the University of Michigan is East Lansing, where Michigan State finally is slated to play Rutgers this Thursday night after that will be after three weeks of yeah. COVID postponements. Took forever to get this game in. And Saturday, my fellow hoops junkies and former Jim Rass, as I was, I was excited to see the number two team in America, undefeated Baylor, take on perhaps the number one player in America, Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State on CBS. Guess what? Right at tip-off, they told us he was declared out for that game. He didn't play because of COVID. And, of course, Okie State lost the game. I want to thank our radio listeners down in Toledo. You've been listening to, and please join us. Denny's going to have a lot to say about baseball, the mailbag. Please join us online right now. You've been listening to the No Filters Sports Podcast. Okay, Brandon, this one's for you, buddy, because I don't know how much Denny follows it, and we talked about it the other day, and I don't follow it at all. You must have been shocked when Dustin Poirier stunned <laughs> Connor McGregor oh, with a second-round TKO of that thing Saturday night, UFC 257. Go ahead, Brandon. I don't think it was a real shocker. I mean, no, no. I, I mean, they had fought before and McGregor had won that matchup. However, McGregor hasn't been doing anything for the last X amount of money. You know, he made so much money off some of those, uh, yeah. you know, crazy boxy matches and all the other stuff he's doing. He's got like a, his own. I think he's got his own whiskey. He's just busy. He's a personality. He's uh, yeah. he, he's a brand. And so. I don't think he took this fight as serious as Dustin Poirier did. Dustin Poirier laid a smackdown on him. It's just, I don't know. I, well, you, you may, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember what I said, but I said what they'll do with the first fight is they'll set up the third fight so, or the second fight. So I, that's what I think they did. I think well, they now you're implying it was second. fixed. You're, huh? implying it was, you're implying it was fixed. I'm not saying it was fixed. I'm just saying one guy probably didn't go out 100%. That's all. It just, <laughs> that sounds it just like being fixed a little to me. bit crazy. That's all. Did you watch it, Brandon? Did you see the fight? So I started watching at like eight o'clock, and I think I watched a few hours of the undercard. But the main event doesn't start until late, late, late. Yeah. So no, by the time I got home, the fight hadn't even started yet. So I ended up just following it on Twitter. Well, which was where you you weren't in a bar trying to watch this, were you? No, no, oh. I just shot up to see some family. And okay, no, I was in a pole barn watching the undercard and saying. Where is the main event? They, they don't start that uh, sucker until like midnight, you know? Yeah, what, just since you mentioned that, what are your family gatherings like now under COVID? Because I want to say this. My, my daughter, Kelly, is completely paranoid about this. My ex-wife, her mother, came over to visit her house in Farmington Hills Saturday night, and they sat there the whole evening wearing masks and separating by six feet. But it's going to get better, folks, as we continue. And to I'm going to tell you how it's going to get better. Sarah Thomas is the first woman in the history of the NFL to be a referee in a Super Bowl. Now, does that make you feel better? No. Makes me feel better. I just hope she does a good job. And I think she's a pretty good official. I, do and I don't too. see I don't see why women can't officiate. And they do. Every, it's, you know what? I watch a lot of NBA and it seems as though almost every game I watch different games, not so much the Pistons. They're not worth yeah. watching. But it's like every game I watch there's a different woman official. 
Some of them I hadn't even seen before. Well, yeah. whatever. I don't see why they can't. As long as you're respected, as long as you're a female baseball umpire, we really haven't had one in the big leagues yet. As long as you don't have a guy like Denny McLean or Bob Gibson in front of you who doesn't have any respect for you as a woman and is carping and bitching and yelling at you on every call. But I don't see that in the NBA with these women officials, they just seem to be treated like everybody else. That's good. We don't do it. We don't do it in baseball either. Yeah. We didn't have the chance, but I I don't, I'm of course you were a different personality than Bob Gibson, but anyway, um, for, I've got a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, why don't people like Romo 50? They say they did. Who doesn't like him? Huh? Who doesn't like Romo? They did a big poll down in Dallas and about half, almost half the people said, we don't like Romo. Get rid of him. We want somebody else. Well, that's too late for that. Making 18 know. million no, a year or whatever he's making. I got 17 I million. That's you know, a nice Danny, start. I, haven't, I, I, I haven't didn't see that, that poll. He's, he's excellent. He's excellent. The I only thing I great. see is praise. Morning. Well, maybe some of our disgruntled cowboy fans, because, you know, Jerry Jones essentially gave him the keys to the franchise, and Tony never really lived up to that as the Cowboys quarterback. So maybe that's what it is, Denny. Yeah, I would guess anyway. So uh, since you went back to football, I got some stuff I want to bounce off you boys. For baby boomers of my age growing up in Detroit, we had the Soupy Shuffle as we watched the late, great Soupy Sales do oh, his TV shows. Guy. The dancing inventor, great guy. Now we have the Harbaugh Shuffle. It's not on TV. It's just taking place in Ann Arbor. So over the weekend, former Michigan wideout Ron Bellamy left his job as very successful head coach at West Bloomfield High School to join Jim's staff in a role they haven't even announced yet. Ex-Michigan star Mike Hart, as you know, came back to coach the running backs. Defensive coordinator Don Brown was fired. Michael McDonald, no, not the singer, brought in from the Ravens, where he was linebacker's coach. DB's coach Michael Zordich, what a player he was, also fired. Offensive line coach Ed Warner, not retained by Harbaugh, and so on. So what does this look like? You got it. It looks like Jim Harbaugh placing all the blame for his own failures all those on other guys' coaching fault. staff. <laughs> What's that? It's a rebuild. It was everybody else's fault. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like, Brandon, doesn't it? I mean, and now on both sides of the football, this coming season, Jim Harbaugh plans to go with co-coordinators. How the hell is that going to work out? Big play call in the fourth quarter, Michigan versus Michigan State. One guy makes one call. The co-coordinator disagrees, calls something entirely different. I'm sure they're going to be able to work that out. So... A lot of college football players, speaking of Michigan, entering the transfer portals. Not good news out of Ann Arbor last week, folks. Zach Charbonnet entered the transfer portal on Monday. It looked like Bob, he was going to be a star running back. Bob, no, no, no. This is a back. big story. You it may not know who story. this is. It, is, it is a big it just story. Isn't. So it Zach isn't, Charbonnet, Bob. anyway, was going to be a big star at Michigan. And he now he is there. It's a problem with Harbaugh, maybe. But Michigan State has had more guys leave Mel Tucker's program, I think, than Michigan. It's the new NCAA transfer portal rules. If you're unhappy, go someplace else. You can play right away. So, Denny, Al Avila's Bum of the Month Club has a new addition, of course. Now he signed 34-year-old lefty Derek Holland, pitching for the White Sox, Giants, Cubs, and Pirates over the last four years. Man. He's had an ERA over 6.0 in three of the last My four. God, I could pitch. And you remember this? Holland gave up four home runs. I watched this game oh, before right. re- before registering an out in a start against the Tigers just last season. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so this guy's on board now with Al. He well, also one thing signed. About it, Bob, the guy's got good control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. He hits bats. 
right? As they yep. say, he hits a lot of bats. Yeah, so terrible. Avila has also signed minor league veteran Derek Ward, who actually spent 2020 with the Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks, Whoa. an independent team in the American Association. He is a career 256 hitter in the minor leagues. And I love this quote again, getting back to Evan Petzl, this young writer for the Free Press who interviewed Denny. Derek, he talked to Derek Holland about playing for A.J. Hinch after his Astros sign stealing scandal. And Holland said, quote, I don't care about the scandal. All that BS. He used the full word. That stuff is over. He already dealt with that. It's time to focus on the new chapter. Well, it's nice of Derek to be so forgiving of A.J. Hinch. If Hinch had been an axe murderer, he would have forgiven him, too, just to get a chance to somehow stay in the big leagues. I don't get it. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just I don't understand a lot of this stuff. So um, anyway, I want to mention this, too, uh, before Let's we move on. Bag, so Steady's anxious to get to the mailbag for what reason? I really don't know. Um, on Friday, the once proud University of Detroit, the U of D of Dave DeBusher, Spencer Haywood, Dick Vitale, John Long, Terry Tyler, Bob Callahan, now reduced to being known as Detroit Mercy, called off the rest of the women's basketball season not COVID, after players and their parents bitterly complained about the program's first-year head coach. The parents of the entire basketball roster signed a letter to the university administration claiming new head coach Anne-Marie Gilbert ran a program that, quote, inflicted emotional, mental, and physical abuse on the players. But you know what? Gilbert had these same problems during a five-year stint as head woman's coach at Eastern Michigan University down the road. And obviously incompetent Detroit Mercy officials didn't look into this, think about this, vet her properly. The same officials who chickened out ashore losses by the men's program earlier this season and canceled games because they said the team needed a rest. So the you know, university, uh, yeah, yeah, know, go ahead, Benny. One of those, this is one of those things that on the left side is a story, on the right side there's a story, and somewhere in the middle there's a truth. And that's what happens with these things. We, we get that herd mentality, and everybody wants to jump on somebody sometime as soon as possible with one of these situations when they start to go on. And that's unfair. It's just unfair writing a letters. I mean, go see the coach. Sit down with the coach. See if you can iron it out. Or quit. Do you think some of the parents called the coach? I think <laughs> these players weren't ready for a tough, hard-nosed coach. No, they weren't. They were complaining about having tough practices. They were complaining about having practices during their class schedule. Yep. If you're a scholarship athlete, aren't you going to practice? Aren't you going to school? Well, yeah, but still... Does Michigan football players have to tell Jim Harbaugh, I, I just can't make it to practice because I have a class scheduled? No. Scholarship athletes have their classes scheduled around practice. So I, I, don't, I don't understand this story but too that much. that wasn't the issue. The issue was apparently this woman coach they have. What do you mean crazy. it wasn't an issue? She's Why a screamy, mimi, yelling lunatic. They all signed off on that. All the parents did. All the players said that. Yeah. And the UD should have known this. Pardon me. Detroit Mercy when they hired her. Now they sound Am I soft. Right? Maybe. Okay. I guess that's one way to look at it. Fine. But here's what I think. And I I'm going to call her. Baby. I'm going to see if she'll come on the show. 
Okay, here's what I think. Going back, I keep harping back to this, and you old-time Detroiters like me, you know what it was like. You UD fans know what it was like when Dean Smith brought Carolina into Callahan Hall, when Jim Dutcher brought Dave Winfield, University of Minnesota, into Callahan Hall. Those great games, those great nights with 9,000 screaming people. Here it is. The three of us right now should be talking about the next Big UAD game. They play in a Mickey Mouse conference instead. They're nothing. They're nobody. The university needs to clean house of its incompetence. They need to change the name back to the UAD, not Detroit Mercy, and try to restore some pride. But you think they'll do it, boys? I doubt it. They're a laughing stock. And but where are all the UAD bad... alumni? Where are the UAD alumni who aren't standing up and complaining about this? Yeah, whenever, whenever I have a bad day and I get ruffled up like you are right now, I go eat a plate full of spaghetti and meatballs <laughs> i don't eat meat you know that what? oh that's right so I'll, I'll get you some spaghetti anyway yeah, that'd be good sure anyway, right. are you guys looking forward to the pro bowl at the end of the week yes here? sir i well, am what are, they, what are they going to do with that brandon go ahead tell us <laughs> i think i might tell be us. running it. it's a video game this year yes yeah I think, and they, you know what? In a sense, I'm glad that, that that's what they're going to do because the Pro Bowl is one of the biggest jokes in sports. It, you know, when Denny pitched Major League Baseball, he'll be the first to tell you it was an honor to be named an All Star. It the was Midsummer Classic. Everybody watched the Midsummer Classic, the greatest names in baseball. And when they have this Pro Bowl, when football's an afterthought, often when it's done after the Super Bowl, first thing you know, guys are named to the game. Oh, I got a sprained left toenail. You know, I'm begging out. I don't want a free trip to Hawaii with all expenses paid or wherever they play it. I guess now in Florida, whatever. And Bob, there's one other thing to add to that. It's now become a home run hitting contest. It's got nothing to do with a pitcher striking anybody out, uh, getting into a tough situation and, and having a relief pitcher. All they want to do is hit home runs. Right, well, I think what you're I think what you're saying, uh, and this is the baseball all-star game, of course, yeah. is that there seems to be more interest in the home run derby oh, yeah. contest has than there is in the game itself. Absolutely. And the other thing about it is, again, from from when I was younger and when, when you were playing, man, I was I'm an American League guy. I'm from Detroit. I'm from an American League sure. city. We took it personally when the National League kicked the hell out of us every year. You're right. And, then, you know, maybe you could say one of the first stars this ever happened to Frank Robinson, Cincinnati to Baltimore, switched leagues. But but Willie Mays was a National League guy. Mickey Mantle and Denny McClain were American League guys. You know what I'm saying? Hank Aaron was, until he was traded to the Brewers, a National League guy. There was league pride. And there's so much free agent movement now, Denny, that's gone. There's no pride anymore. Well, what shocks, shocks me, and that shock is too big of a word, but what shocks me more so now than ever before is the number of teams that these guys play on. Three, yeah. four, five, six. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you keep track of your airline tickets anymore. I don't know. I mean, this I, is crazy. I mean, it's I, you just, know, it Roberto Clemente was a Pittsburgh. Roberto Clemente was a Pittsburgh Pirate. Al Kaline was a Detroit Tiger. Brooks Robinson was a Baltimore Oriole. I liked it better than two. Maybe we just sound like a bunch of old guys, you know, going off thought things aren't what they used to be. Brandon, you're a young guy. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, I I think it's a special thing when you see a guy in a team last the entire career. You know, I got to watch Steve Eiserman stay a Red Wing for for the entirety of his career, and it led to some pretty good you know, time, some good moments here in Detroit. You know, Matthew Stafford, it looked like he might have been a career guy. No yeah. longer. He's going to go and try to win himself a championship. You know, I think at some point these athletes have to make a decision based on 
you know, their longevity based on if they want to chase a championship. So I have no problem with it. And I just think that maybe specific sports are a little different. For example, you look at baseball and I'm telling you, who stays with a, a single team in baseball anymore? No. I don't know. It's, yeah, you're it's right. very rare in baseball. Yeah. And, and, and there's and again, so many sports channels on right now. You can watch a whole nine inning game in about an hour and five minutes. Yeah. I, I, again, I can I, look, maybe some of you people are tired of hearing this, but you know what? I know a lot of you can really relate to this when I tell you that when I was a boy growing up, a Detroit Tiger fan, baseball would have changed for me. And I don't think I would have been as into it if the Tigers had traded Al Kaline. If you know, I mean, Al Kaline was our guy. You don't trade somebody like Al Kaline. But now, as you say, they jump back and forth team to team to team. How's a, how's a kid growing up now supposed to invest emotionally in his or her favorite team when your big star player is not going to be there next year? I don't but Bob, get it. hang on a minute. This is a good subject. I get about 100 pieces of mail a week. A week. That's four or 500 pieces a month. I'm telling you, these people are married to the Detroit Tigers franchise. They are always complimentary 99% of them. Uh, they always take their best player to heart and tell me all about them. They start talking about their education and all of a sudden you, de- I, I didn't mean to do this at one time, but all of a sudden you develop some kind of a relationship. It's one of those things that I was floored by it, but you know, the mail gets bigger every week. By the way, I respond to every one of them. Yeah, that's good. You know I, what I think you're getting at? My former colleague in New York, Michael Kay, the longtime yeah. Yankees broadcaster, always says this about the new baseball. Fans have to get used to. They have gotten used to. They root only for the name on the front of the uniform, not the name on the back of the uniform. So yeah, meaning if, if you're a Detroit Tigers fan or a Yankees fan or whatever you happen to be, doesn't matter who's on the ball club as long as they're winning. Doesn't matter who comes. Doesn't matter who goes. You're yeah. still rooting for your team. That's, is that the way it is, Brandon? I think For so. people of your generation? You know, it varies from people. You know, I, I have neighbors who have only lived in Michigan, and they are diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fans. You know, it varies from person to person. I've never heard of such a thing. Me, never personally, heard of such a thing. I've always just looked at the Red Wings, the Pistons, the Tigers, and the Lions right. as being my team because it's where I'm from. I have in-laws who are from the UP. All they keep talking about are the Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers. That's understandable. So UP. Uh, it's not understandable. They're cl- they're, well, they're closer to Green Bay, Brandon, well, than they so, are Well, Detroit. Milwaukee Brewers are closer, but they're Tiger fans. You can't pick well, and choose the, the, based on success. Yeah, well, that's the point. That's the point. All right, let's get to the mailbag then. I want to thank all you guys uh, f- you know, for, for your correspondence, for, for tweeting us, for everything you do, and for your patronage of this program. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a tough you know, month or so since Eli left, but we are hanging in, and we don't intend to go anywhere. I want to remind you that you can tweet us. Eli signed out on Twitter a long time ago. Even Brandon doesn't like it. But you can tweet us at MU2Denny or at Bob Page Sports. And I think you should know I'm pretty active there. If you have a question or you want to say something to me, as long as it's not in vituperative language, I'm delighted to respond to you guys. I like to talk to you. Here's Clausen Bibbins. He's a great fan of the show. And this is an inside joke. Because Clausen is a great fan of the show, he knows the inside joke. Whenever <laughs> we have guests on, Whenever at some point with a guest, Denny will say, hey, did you ever think about coaching? 
So Clausen Bibbins tweeted the other day, has Denny ever been asked if he ever considered <laughs> coaching? And you did. You talked about that on one of our shows, but I couldn't. And it yeah. was a short-lived thing, wasn't it? Tell us a story again. Yeah, well, they, um, I was involved in a radio network uh, in the 3I League. It wasn't called that then, but th that's what it was, a 3I League. And um, they asked me to coach for a couple of weeks because one of the managers, and I can't remember his name, uh, was sick. And, uh, he says, we, I don't know who else to get. I says, well, why don't you just get any father and give him a thrill? Let him coach the baseball team. He's no, that's not going to work. He's we'll get letters and we'll get screamed at by everybody. I said, all right, I'll do it for a while. And, uh, I did it for about a week and a half. And, and I'll tell you, that was the longest week and a half of my life. <laughs> the first night was great. After that, everybody pissed and moaned. <laughs> so what did you quit or did they get rid of you? No, I, I was only in there for about 10 or 11 days. I understand they that. They were waiting so, for the guy to come back. Okay, so you were just holding the chair one, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on from Clausen. What was your record? To, by the way, by the way, I had two or three offers to coach. Too, what by what the was way. your record while you were head coach for you know 10 days? Um, it 10 was, and 0, of course. It was... Uh, <laughs> okay, follow up with Brandon's question too. I right don't there. know if what I were the one. offers. What were the but, offers you got to coach from whom? Chicago White Sox. Yeah. The uh, LS. This is in Louisiana. Um, what's the starts with a B? I think. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. And there was one more, and I it was. Well, what did Georgia. the White Sox want you to do? They want you to come home to Chicago and be their pitching yeah. coach. Yeah. Be so a, what happened to that? Why didn't coach. you? Why not? What happened? No money. Just no what? money. You turned the job down because there wasn't enough money in it for you? Yeah, 25000 a year isn't going to feed a family of four. Wow. What year was this about? 73. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. And you remember, the third offer? you remember the third offer you got? And Besides the third the White one Sox was and somewhere in Georgia. I, I want to say. Minor league. I want uh -huh. to say somewhere near uh, Augusta, but I. Well, geez, Denny, if 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 a major league team was offering you twenty five large a year, what were they offering you to be a minor league pitching coach? Oh God, who knows? I mean, I know what Freehand was making uh, his last year when he worked for the Tigers, and that's mm -hmm. embarrassing. And that what was, was it? Awful. Well, well, tell us what was I'm, he? Making? I'm not going to tell you the number, but I I will tell you this. He had, he had been making some serious good money, and he was coaching the guys in the minor leagues, the catchers. Really, that's what they hired him for, and hitting. And lo and behold, when he came back from one of his trips, uh, they got a hold of him, told him to come up to the office, and they said, listen, we'll keep you your job if you give up your salary. He says, we'll pay your medical. We'll pay everything else around your medical, but we don't want to pay salaries anymore for our coaches mm. and freehand looked at him according to bill and said what are you talking about how can any of us live without some money yeah you know um well let's, re let's remember up. let's remember in 1973 by the way yeah twenty five thousand dollars is about 150 grand in today's money so it's not no, like it, it was wasn't. peanuts no it wasn't adjusted no, for inflation it is there's calculators that do this stuff denny I know what my house payment was back then and my car payment, and they weren't that far apart. Your mansion payment and your Rolls-Royce payment, plus you had to pay your chauffeur, right, for the limousine? Well, the jet takes fuel, you know. Oh, yeah, Mr. Airplane. Yeah. So, Denny, uh, we haven't discussed this in a long time on the show. I'm not sure there's much to discuss, but you just brought up the subject, and I know that our fans want to hear about this. 
everybody knows that your friend and teammate, greatest friend and teammate you ever had in baseball, Bill Freehand, has been very, very ill. Do you have an update for us? No, I don't. Um, I know he's relatively healthy, if that's the right term. Um, he gets visits a lot. I, I don't know if they'll let anybody else. I, I'm it's, sure they won't. Does he know anybody from the Alzheimer's? I don't know anymore. Okay. He's three uh, years into hospice. That's that's a long time. Yeah, it is, actually, I'm when sure you think it about is. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, we go from Klaus and Bibbins to another great friend of the show. But in the same vein, Denny, Robbie Silverman up now says, as long as Chris Illich is owner and Al Avila is GM, the Tigers will be bland, just like both of their personalities. Denny McLean would have been a good general manager if they had a do-over, Denny likes gritty and competitive baseball players. I mean, did you ever, like in a pipe dream, think, I want to be a GM? Never GM. I wanted to be a general manager at one time. Of course, we owned the Memphis Club for a couple of years, my wife right. and I, and had a lot of fun down there. But uh, the heat's about 110 every day in the shade, and uh, the mosquitoes are as big as your feet. So there are not a lot of things that nice to watch in Memphis. But it was a town that was on the build, but it was just. But you never had a desire to be the general manager of a no, major league baseball never, team. Never wanted, but as how about I a manager? Became, how about a manager? Yeah, wanted, yeah, I wanted to manage at one time, but the ten days that I did Des Moines, Iowa, was the worst ten days in my life, and I've had some bad days in my life. But 10 days running a bunch of 20-year-olds <laughs> is not the way to go. <laughs> and, folks, uh, uh, you think Gary Moore, among our listeners, is alone among all of you pissed-off Tiger fans we talk about all the time? Gary tweeted us, those two signings, the ones we just talked about by yeah. Avila, those two signings are pathetic. The Tigers have to be counting on no fans allowed again in 2021. Well, guess what? They can get away with it this year again if we don't if go into no fans. the park, right? But, but remember, I think there will be fans. Rod Manfred is already talking about a full spring yeah, training and prepare to play 162 games, yep. as I predicted they would some months ago in this program because the vaccines are here. The vaccines are going out there. And already I'm watching the NBC National News Sunday night. And one of the big stories is COVID cases are going down the last yes. two weeks. Yep. They stress they're saying, look, we still have to be vigilant. You right. still got to wear the mask. But COVID cases are down yes, and they're they expected are. to continue Thank to go God. down. Thank goodness for that. Now, I love this handle on Twitter, Motor City Mad Cat. That belongs to Brett Peel. <laughs> Brett Peel writes, speaking of pissed off fans, so he's pissed off at the FLs. I don't care if it's Sheila or Bill Jr. It's still the damn Ford family. And the stench rots as bad as the McCaskies in Chicago. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's still a damn duck. Lions quack, fans quack. are pissed too. A lot, of, right, as Brand, right. Well, as Brandon just mentioned, I mean, all four of the Detroit teams are so bad. It's just it, it's not really just sad. bad. I mean, not just they're not just bad now, but they're going to but they're going to be bad in the future. What yeah, I think. Uh, so what, too. what are we really looking at for the Tigers? We're looking at we're looking forecast. at Stevie Y and some of the kids. We're looking at some of the kids. Stevie. Well, Wise hear drafted. me out for a second here. We yeah. know with these signings, Tarek Holland. The, the, the Tigers aren't going to be any good next year. We already know that. The Lions are in a complete rebuild now without Matthew Stafford. They're not going to be good next year. Judging on the performances already of the Detroit Pistons and the Detroit Red Wings, 
it might take a little longer than this year, next year, or the year after for these teams to take off. So it's like, what the hell do we have to look forward to? Oh, I'll tell you, Michigan basketball. <laughs> Just kidding. We can't play. <laughs> we can't play right now. We have nothing to look forward to when it comes to the sports. That's why Detroit, I, I, I don't get it sometimes. I, I don't understand why, but we're loyal to a fault. We love our teams, and that's what I we think are. is uh, uh, what makes the Detroit fans so special. I, you know, I don't sense, though, that people are tired of talking about this, except for one man I know. His name is Eli Zaret. And when we had private conversations about him wanting to leave this program, which still blows my mind that he did, but when we did, that's one of the things he said, oh, man, it's no fun because all the Detroit teams are terrible. I said, I don't care. It still gives us a lot to talk about, and I don't think fans – as pissed off as they are, are tired of talking about the Detroit right. team, no matter how bad they are. Brandon, I think this is one for you to handle again. I'm not sure we've heard from him before. Adam Korak, who writes us, the McGregor fight is not the UFC's biggest card, but this is actually a rematch from about five years ago that Connor won. His opponent has become one of the best in the division since then. That's the kid who beat him the other night. Yeah. The big fight, he says, is Dana White promising to bust the illegal streamers this past weekend. To get a UFC pay-per-view now, you have to subscribe to ESPN+, Plus, then pay the $70 or whatever, basically Everyone streams these. Yeah, and you know what? It didn't work out so well because the app kept crashing on everybody. Twitter was just ablaze with people who could not get this damn thing to work. And like I said, I saw part of it. You had to get the prelim and the early prelim and then the next prelim and then the main car. You had to like keep updating it and... The person that I was watching with, they, they kept saying, I'm sorry, I don't know, it must be my internet. I don't know why it's breaking down. But meanwhile, everybody across the nation was having the same issue, all because of this ESPN Plus app, which, you know, it, it's the future. They're working on it. I guess it'll get better as time goes on. Dana so every White level, has, every level, Brandon, they go to, they charge you another $70 or something? I don't think so, but no? I don't know exactly how it worked because I didn't purchase it myself. But yeah. I just know that it just kept crashing. The app kept crashing. Yeah, it, it was no very good. difficult to watch. There was celebrities popping off about it. There yep. were a lot of people that were angry about it. But Dana White has a vision, and I wouldn't bet against it because everybody thought he was crazy when he went to go create Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And guess oh, what? Yeah. It's working out just fine for him. And uh, mm. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet against Dana White. So if you guys want to be part of the mailbag, we've told you this before, but just submit uh, something to us at nofiltersportspodcast.com or why don't you email us, asknofilter at gmail.com. Al Kopak does like every show, but he's a truthful man. Al gets it when he wrote us for this show. Good morning, Brandon, and your guest hosts. Quite a show Thursday, I must say. I did enjoy Brandon's take on many of the topics. It's nice to get a different point of view from a guy a few years younger than us, I'd say. He says, I was fortunate enough to be at the 71 All-Star game at Tiger Stadium, and I got to watch Hank Aaron in that game. I've got some pictures of him during pregame warm-ups, and they're among my most cherished baseball memorabilia. Do you know there were 26 future Hall of Famers in that game? Amazing. Well, you know what, Al? I was there, too, in the stands, and I can still see Hank Aaron hitting that high fly ball home run down the right field line into the upper deck. In fact, I can still actually see clearly in my mind's eye every home run that was hit in that game. But Al continues. He says, I looked up some of Aaron's stats. 
The most money he ever made in Major League Baseball was $240,000. I think Miggy makes that every five times to the plate, and that's when he's even healthy. As always, I truly enjoy the show. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to hearing your interview with Tom Gage Thursday after this year's Hall of Fame balloting has been announced. You can also call us to take part in the show. Text us, leave a message. The number is 760-89-BALLS. Our ever-popular unnamed texter, probably several people, says, great show yesterday, guys. I love Brandon pinch hitting on the third mic. It's a good mix. Keep up the good work. Ty Emelander, a friend of Denny's, says, while I don't miss Bob's Patricia lady's voice at all, the one I used to do when Martha owned the team, I was impressed with Bob's Rodney Dangerfield imitation on the last show. Bob, (laughs) would you please do my favorite Rodney joke? Okay, Ty, I will. So the other day, I go to Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what they did? They gave me a different name to drink under. And Ty writes, thanks for the show. And finally, the unnamed texter, another one says, and this is a good question. Think about this, Denny. How many home runs did Hank Aaron hit off Denny in his career? And we're talking spring training also. How much did you face Aaron, actually? Just in spring training. I, I never pitched against him in a ball Okay, game. fine. So yeah. did he ever did he hit a home run off you in spring training? Not that I recall. And if he and if if I don't recall, it probably didn't happen because I recall just a, no, I take this back. I was gonna make a joke that I I remember every home run I ever gave up. But come to think, that's a lot of home runs, about 300. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, I'm going to do this the other the other way around. Then, do you remember facing Aaron in spring training and striking him out? No, I I, I don't. I know I pitched against him several times. um, And in spring training, it's pretty easy to strike out the good hitters because they're not up there trying to take chances. Right. So they don't want to get jammed. They don't want to get knocked down. So they just go up there and they, they practice their swing and then they move on. Okay. So once again, folks, uh, as we just mentioned, uh, tune in next time. Thanks for joining us on this show. One second. Tom, One second. I, well, I just want to mention the Tom Gage, the Detroit News Hall of Fame baseball writer and columnist, is going to be with us. And we got a lot to talk about. The Tigers, the Hall of Fame balloting and everything with Tom on our next show. Go ahead, Denny. Yeah. And I've got uh, an appearance I'm making this week. What? Uh, yeah. You're going out? making an appearance, a private signing. Uh, at the Lakeside Mall from uh, noon to four o'clock, I what's think a, it is. A, what's a private signing? Wednesday. What's well, a private signing? They have a way of, of controlling the crowds now. They they oh. come into a perfect way now. To, they finally figured it out. So um, uh, I'll be there Wednesday from 12 to 4. Come on out and buy me a hot dog because, boy, by 1 o'clock, I am starving. <laughs> Danny, thank you. Brandon, as always, thank you very much. And again, folks, thank you for joining us on this edition of No Filter. Sports Have a great Podcast. week. Stay safe, folks.